everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Really apologize for the uh, delays here. Our guest this evening unfortunately had some technical issues um, that could could not be overcome. Uh, so we'll we'll we will reschedule him for another day. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, Damian John Knott, who. Um, you know, he does uh, all the different uh, UFO uh, work down there in Australia. He's like the um, Australian Darby, Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> Darcy Weir. Yeah, the Australian Darcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So um, so we're just going to have to go live uh, without him today, and we'll reschedule him for a, another night. So uh, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but uh, stuff happens. It's technology and, you know, crazy things. So... What we're going to do instead is, you know, for the next, I guess, uh, you know, a little more than a half an hour, uh, Victoria wants to uh, go ahead and interview <laughs> me about Egypt. Now, uh, for those that are uh, members of the Connected Universe portal, I did do a uh, an, an hour-long presentation on the pyramids last week, and... This week, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the temples. There might even be a third episode in Ooh. there. We'll see. So uh, be on the lookout for all that. So this is just free-for-all. Victoria is <laughs> questioning me. This is Mike getting tired of me going, send me details. What are the... <laughs> right, right. All the photos that I posted, Victoria yeah. was saying, deets, please. And I'm, it, it, it was enough one. just to try to get stuff posted from there. Well, which was your favorite pyramid? I have one. Which was your favorite? They were um, all amazing, first of all. Yes, they were all amazing. <laughs> um, the The Great Pyramid. The yeah, Great why? Pyramid. Uh, absolutely. You know, well, we got two hours in there. Just, you just know, your on group. The summer solstice. Just our group. Oh. And there were only there was only eleven of us. It was special access. Uh, Mohammed set that up. It was it was the big reason why we were there is return to the Kepper cycle, uh, which starts on the uh, summer solstice. And um, yeah, <laughs> uh, so to get those two hours, just our group was absolutely amazing. Uh, we got access to the subterranean chamber, uh, which, yeah, which that's, you know, off limits to the public. You have to get special access for that. Uh, the Queen's Chamber sometimes is publicly available, sometimes not. And right now it's not, but we are able to get in there. Um, they're actually in the process of setting up scientific equipment there in the queen's chamber and also the subterranean chamber not sure what the testing is going to be but they were, you know had some of the equipment there so was uh, so we got access to those locations and then um yeah the king's chamber uh you know was was really special for me because some of the different things that uh you know that i noticed and kind of quasi discovered i guess but that's all in the uh the connected universe portal you guys have to go and watch the little the little video clips there which are I, uh, very very cool i will do that on my day off okay <laughs> uh, okay so i have so many questions about the hieroglyphics um first of all yeah i don't know much um but they don't look like they were chiseled i mean uh, they look like they were in there with lasers and stuff can you tell a difference i mean they look so professionally done i mean but I guess yeah you know there's yeah, there's some of them that are that are like that. It, it's almost like uh, it, it's almost like laser cut. And actually, what you could tell if it, if it was laser cut, it would be you could see vitrification there. Oh, You're okay. not seeing vitrification. Um, the idea hmm. that these were carved with copper tools is 
BS. You know, there's no, right. you, especially <laughs> on the ones that are granite. You can't carve into granite with copper. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, I had my dad looking at stuff. Uh, he's a machinist. And um, you know, I was kind of introducing him to some of Christopher Dunn's work because Christopher mm -hmm. Dunn is also a machinist. My dad's a tool and die maker by trade. And, you know, he's looking at some of the cuts and everything, and especially this sarcophagus that was at the Cairo Museum where he could, um, they're basically cutting the lid off from the bottom of the sarcophagus. And you can mm -hmm. see it was a circular saw. My dad's looking at that and he's like, yeah, that's definitely not copper. It's definitely some sort of circular saw that they're using. And, you know, if it was, you know, today's hmm. tooling that they were using, it would be a diamond bit saw. <laughs> Do you think it, it could have been, because um, Johnny, uh, one of you guys, I don't know, um, you mm -hmm. blended together after a while, um, showed uh, like a block lifting and it had like uh, two, they looked like wheat staffs basically, but he was saying it was raised by vibrational frequency. Do you think that's how they yeah. could maybe have um, cut them also? Um, so those were depictions of levitation. Right. Uh, those particular things. So were they now not to cut, but to move the blocks, they could have been using whatever that was to move okay. the blocks. Um, yeah. Now back and to so, the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And, I was, yeah. and what I was going to say is, um, God, I lost the first. <laughs> okay. I lost my question. Um, someone had mentioned in one of your pictures, I don't know if you ever saw it or answered it, but, um, you know how, if you would take like, uh, any of the Egyptian statues and cut them in half, they would be perfectly symmetrical on both sides. Yeah. Were the hieroglyphics that way also? Like if you were to um, cut them, except for like the birds and the ducks. I mean, that, that I get, but you right, know, that would be a little, <laughs> yeah, a little um, that, that's a good question because there are, um, I guess there are some hieroglyphs that, you know, might be symmetrical, like the, the hieroglyph for an R, which is basically a mouth, and it's kind of like mm -hmm. oval in shape. Um, I suppose those m might be. Um, but, yeah, the, the hieroglyphs by nature, because they're, you know, pictures aren't necessarily. Yeah. And, yeah but, but and, and there are some that you can tell are, are actually carved. There are some that even kind of look like, um, you know, because there's some sort of plaster that they may have even, like, used some sort of mold or pressed to to put in there. Okay, that was going to be my next question because I didn't know if the um, pyramids were built with the blocks and then it looked like they put some sort of facade on it and then actually did the hieroglyphics uh, or the glyphs or whatever well, you call them into it yeah, or are they actually carved into the big old stones they moved? Because yeah, it looked the, like the, some places where it chipped away. Yeah, the, the pyramids have no hieroglyphs. So the hieroglyphs really? are all on like tombs and temples. Yeah, they're, that, that's one of the uh, really interesting things about the pyramids, and it's why a lot of huh. um, why a lot of people believe that the pyramids predate the Egyptians. Oh. That the Egyptians found the pyramids because there are no hieroglyphs on on the pyramids. The only hieroglyph that you find anywhere in any of the pyramids is hidden far away above the king's chamber in one of these little. Um, chambers that are above the uh, uh, king's chamber you kind of have to crawl into it and it's just kind of painted on there real quick uh -huh. um the uh kind of forget his name um but one of the explorers in the 1800s you know claims and, and you can't and you can't even find it in his journals but basically there's a claim that he found this up there but others believe that he 
painted it on there because wow. he was tasked with trying to date the pyramids and all that. And without any writing whatsoever, you can't do that. And so people believe that he actually painted it on there. Oh. It's just a quick, you know, splash of a, of a cartouche, mm-hmm. you know, that's just kind of scrawled <laughs> on there. Um, it's very, very unlike, um, you know, any of the other hieroglyphs that you find in, you know, like the temples or, um, um, the, uh, the tombs or anything like that. It's like, th- this is totally bizarre what this thing is. So, um, but, and that's the only one. So that's why a lot of people believe that the pyramids are much, much older, uh, than what, you know, Egyptologists say they are. Yeah. Okay. So the Sphinx, true or false, is it Anubis? No. I don't believe it's Anubis. No, I, I believe it was a, a lion from the age of Leo. But the, the, a lion, a lion's back would be Kurt, not my cat, yeah, not my it, lions. It, yeah, but it's it's not about the back; it's about the head. Yeah, the, the head, head was not previously a dog. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I had a dog. I had a Skipper Key, and he we used to call him um, Nigel, Dog of the Dead, because um, first of all, it would scare our neighbors away because we'd scream, "Dog of the Dead." You know, and they wouldn't come around and bother us. But um, he had a jackal face, the dog. And so I I don't know. He, he would lay like the Sphinx, you know, with his little feet out. And, and it looked just, mm-hmm. I don't know. You look, at, you look at other Sphinxes around uh, Egypt, and they have all of that same body. That same body is exactly the same, whether they have, you know, the head of a lion, the head of a ram, whatever. It's the exact same body. So why the would they? real difference is the head. Why would they have so many references to Anubis through all the hieroglyphs and the works and the statues and monuments, but there's no references to the Sphinx? Um, there are references to the Sphinx, actually. Okay. You, you see the Sphinx in some different locations. Um, I, I do have a photo of a, um, of, a depic- of a depiction of a Sphinx in there in hieroglyphs and one of the different friezes in there. So you do see it. Um, okay. Anubis is... He's basically like the, um, he's kind of like the Grim Reaper of yeah. the, uh, of ancient Egypt. So he's ferrying people over to the underworld. So he's, you know, he's a, he's a very important character. Okay. That's cool. So. Okay. So you didn't get to go under the right foot, I take it. No, no. And, and there are some questions down there in the chat. Oh, okay. On uh, Sarah. Uh, anything of the Sphinx's <laughs> left paw. Yeah, from Sarah. And other people are asking me, uh, like the Haglin, do you think uh, the Sphinx predates Egypt and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what she said uh, and yeah <laughs> so so there's yeah there's the Haglin. there's uh let's see where was seraph you know cleft paw and then alina um what do you think they were trying to tell us they were telling us a lot oh <laughs> uh, they had uh yeah, they had star charts and phases of the moon and you know they're of course all the uh you know journey of the afterlife but also had origin stories so there were stories of atlantis we're going to be getting into that stuff tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, when we cover the temples on uh on connecting the universe so by the way for those that didn't catch it there was a rebranding beyond the shadows is now connecting the universe so tomorrow night check out all the stuff in the temples but um as far as this the sphinx goes yes that 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 far uh predates egypt um and there was uh, we covered it last week with the with the pyramids um, a little bit with the Great Pyramid. You see that uh, there's part of the of the base. The Great Pyramid actually has the um, uh, weathering from the bedrock. So you know they try to say that the entire 
plateau was leveled to, be, to place the pyramid there, and it wasn't perfectly leveled. I mean, yes, much of it is, but there are parts of the bedrock that are actually embedded into the base of the pyramid, and you can see it there. And it has the same weathering pattern as the Sphinx enclosure. So it does basically tell us that, yes, the, the Sphinx is older than the pyramids. Um, but with that same weathering pattern, uh, you're seeing that the Sphinx far, far, far <laughs> predates the pyramids, uh, which is, you know, of course, absolutely amazing. Uh, as far as the left paw, we, we didn't get under the left paw. Sorry. Darn it. <laughs> So everything in um, the artwork, I guess you could say, um, mm -hmm. there's a, a really great um, symmetrical vision, if you want to call it that. Um, and there's only one Sphinx. Now I've heard that there might be a second Sphinx, but he's just buried. What do you think about that? Yeah, there are people that theorize that there's a second Sphinx that's buried because you see that on the uh, the Dream Stella and you know, ah. there's some other mm -hmm. references to it. Um, so, you know, talk, and I asked Muhammad about that. And so basically, uh, you know, he says that, yeah, there is, but not physically. It's the second Sphinx is a metaphor. So um, he would explain it much better that. than I, but. <laughs> well, I have to think about that one. Okay. So what was your favorite part? You were there, what, 10 days, two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah, I was there 14 days. Um and did you have to wait your seven hours between, I, I really wanted to know that, between coming back, all those seven hours. Oh, stopped. no, no, no. Okay. I, I, I booked another flight. There was no way. And even even with that, so for, for those that, that don't know, um, my original flights coming back from Egypt into JFK, they had me scheduled for seven hours. They, they changed <laughs> the flight times like a month before I was about to fly out. And it's like, are you kidding me? Because they changed the flight time so that when I came back into New York, they had me with a seven-hour layover to fly to Boston and then another seven-hour lay <laughs> seven layover to drive to Cleveland. And it's like, wait a minute. I could drive from New York to Cleveland and back in 14 hours. You got to be kidding me. Um, they, was, they said they couldn't change it. So I booked another flight with a different airline and yeah. See all this time so. I was envisioning an Egyptian John Candy planes, trains, and automobiles. And, you know, <laughs> how is Mike <laughs> going to get home? <laughs> He's on the Greyhound no, just, now. Okay. No, so I just booked another flight. I mean, if, if it came down to it, I've could I could have rented a car, I guess. And yeah, and drove, but. So what was your favorite part? You know, that is a really hard question. I mean, the, you know, inside the Great Pyramid, that that time that we had there, the two hours, just our group was absolutely magical. Um, no pun intended, you know, or was it really? It, it really was. Okay. It really was. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. just, you know, day one, we started with the Bent Pyramid, and it's like the very first thing that we're doing is we're, you know, we're climbing down inside of a pyramid. It's like, Boom, here you are. And my legs are killing me after that too. You don't realize like, you know, just how how steep it is, the angle, and it's a long way down and you have to go back up a bunch of stairs. Ooh. So that was it was a workout. Um, but I mean, really, it's you know, the thing is is when you go there, you've you know, it's like, okay, you see all kinds of photos, you you know, see movies and you know, documentaries and videos and all kinds of stuff about these places but until you actually go there and you're looking at it you have no idea how huge everything <laughs> is it is massive even just you know these 
these temples, you know, and we're talking to the, the pyramids are, you know, massive, but, you know, the temples are just huge, you know, massive, massive columns. And it's like, how in the world, you know, when, you know, when they, uh, you know, when they say that we're just coming now into the technology to be able to like build these things and, and all of that, you know, to be able to lift these blocks and everything. It's like, yeah, no kidding, because these things are just mm-hmm. you know, absolutely massive. So were there giants so. there? Egyptian giants or? Um, well, I mean, I didn't see any giants walking around. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's, you know. there's an idea. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea yeah. is there that there were giants. Um, we did get to see some coffins that were like 12 feet tall. Um, there were some depictions on some uh, old pottery of these, you know, tall, tall humanoid beings. So, you know, that's it's, it's very, very possible. So we are getting mm-hmm. some questions here from oh, okay. the chat. So, um, like Diane Hilbert, what was the food like in Egypt? Oh, uh, that very was tasty. List. Yeah, very, very tasty. Um, I, I got loved to your market. Of, your yeah. market pictures. Oh, that looked fun. I got to try a lot of things that I had yeah. never that I'd never eaten before. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's a little getting used to it. I guess the, the one thing I, I, that I just could not get used to was that. Um, in Egypt, their idea of American coffee is Nescafe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was, that was tough to deal with. And, and a cappuccino is basically Nescafe with milk and they have a little frother that they kind of, you know, froth it up. <laughs> it, at least it wasn't taster's choice. <laughs> yeah. It was Nescafe instead of taster's choice. Yeah. Um, okay. you know, and I, you know, they had Turkish coffee there, you know, it comes in the little oh. cup and that, that's fine. You know, do a couple of shots of, of Turkish coffee, but it's, it's not like, you know, your, your mug of coffee. So. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So, so yeah. Let me, let me see what else we have for some questions in here. Um, Adam Tillery, uh, would the capstones have hieroglyphs if they were still on top of the pyramids or would just be other symbology? That's a, um, a good question. So you can go to the Cairo Museum and see, you know, the Bin Bin stones there. Um, and, you know, they're kind of like their own little pyramids. Uh, and people believe that, you know, stones like that were once on top the the pyramids, or, or perhaps gold. Uh, you know, bin mm. bin stones were on top of there. Would they have had hieroglyphs? I don't believe so. Uh, Muhammad has an interesting theory that, uh, you know, like the top of the Great Pyramid was actually flat; that there was no actual cap on top of it and he points to when we were at elephantine island which that i loved elephantine island that was an amazing place because you have um you have stargates there you have depictions of people with mayan headdresses and you actually and you have uh legends and stories the ark of the covenant being there so fantastic island um (laughs) but there's this one part of the temple that's basically been blown over and um there are these you know, huge, massive granite, um, you know, what would be a good term for it? But they're basically like little, um, their own little structures, their own little like housing type things that, you know, kept, you know, probably some sort of, you know, sculptures or idols or something like that in it. And the top of it is a pyramid, but the, the top of the pyramid there is flat. It doesn't come to a point. It's completely flat. And it was, it was, uh, it was cut like that. So, so like aliens could land there? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's <laughs> small. You know, it's not like something huge. But small as far aliens. as like, <laughs> yeah, it's all aliens. It's all aliens. Um, 
You know, it's funny because I was talking with, with my dad, and my dad's really started opening up to this this stuff the past couple of years. And so I was showing him some of the, you know, different cuts and everything. And he's like, yeah, they they, they had, you know, far, far superior technology than what Egyptologists are trying to say. Because you know, these guys mm-hmm. had like diamond bit saws and everything. And he's like, you know, I've been to, you know, the, the Mayan ruins. And he's like, they, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff there that you're showing me in the Egypt photos. And he's like, it was those alien guys. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not saying the alien. He's, he's like, I'm not saying the alien guys built it. I'm saying the alien guys taught, taught the people. In, yeah. Taught the people in Egypt and then flew over to like the Yucatan and, and taught the Mayans there. And well, so if you, like, yeah, here's a guy who never believed in any of this stuff. And he's coming up with, with these ideas. Well, if you um, deny the alien existence or extraterrestrial, you're controlling the narrative and you're shrinking the, yeah, controlling, controlling the people. That's what a lot of this is, is, you know, they're trying to control the narrative. And anytime any of this evidence comes out to the contrary, you know, they deny, deny, deny for as long as they possibly can. Like one of the big excuses Mm -hmm. with, uh, with the Sphinx, you know, when uh, Robert Schock and John Anthony West came out with their ideas in the early 90s that the Sphinx was much, much older. One of the excuses that they used, besides the fact that, well, we can't find any pot shards from that long ago. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, one of their other excuses was, well, we can't find in any, uh, you know, other civilizations or signs of civilization that date back 10,000 or more years. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's Gobekli Tepe. And it's like, yeah. oh, Oh yeah, I, I guess there, I guess there were. Except for that one. Other than that, we <laughs> no. Can't except find for it. that one, yeah. Other than that one. Yeah. Okay. So the Sphinx, from what I've heard, is supposed to be carved from one piece of granite. Is that what? Or no, limestone. It was limestone, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's uh, um, limestone. Basically, it was a yarding. So it's okay. it's basically carved from from the bedrock. Okay, so it's one piece, right? It's 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 theoretically well, okay. Okay, it my real was, question is... It was one piece originally. All the restoration work that's been done uh, to it. I mean, you can, you can look at the paws and see that they've got like bricks and stuff around it. That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, why are the paws all bricked up? Yeah, that, that's so, the restoration work that's been done over the years. It's to hide the room. Edgar Casey said. Yeah. <laughs> and I do believe him, you know, because... No, I, I, no I, I believe it. I believe it. And that was another thing that I... Um, through past Muhammad is we're, we're sitting there, we're looking at the Sphinx, got the photos and, you know, other people are doing, you know, things that take photos and stuff. And, um, so Muhammad and I are just, it's funny with Muhammad everywhere we'd go, every single place we'd go, somebody to bring him a little glass of tea. Oh. <laughs> so there's a guy coming up. Here's his tea. So Muhammad's sitting there sipping his tea. Um, and, uh, so, so guys, if you go to Egypt, guide of Egypt, Muhammad Ibrahim, you know, amazing. And we're, we're talking about doing a tour together in November, uh, 2022. Um, can we just so bring him to get Ireland? on board? <laughs> he, he was actually, he, Mohammed was interested in the Ireland tour. He, he didn't sign oh. up for it, but he was, he was seriously Talk interested in going. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Cause I could ask him a lot um, of questions. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so Mohammed, so, so Mohammed, we're sitting there, he's sipping his tea. Uh, we're looking at the Sphinx and, and I asked, I told him, look, you know, um, yeah, I, I've done I've done research on this, and you know George Reisner back in the uh, 1800s, you know talked about the you know the hole that's in the top of the head of the Sphinx. You know they've they've since filled it in, but there used to be a hole in the top of the head of the Sphinx, and a lot of people said you know they mounted a uh, uh, crown on, on top of the Sphinx, and he had the you know the beard that was mounted on there and all that stuff. You know we don't know. For, well, there are a couple of pieces of the the beard that are still around, but you know no crown or anything. But 
you know, there was this hole in the top of the head and, you know, according to him, and you can, you can find the newspaper articles, just do a search. You'll, you'll find the illustrations and everything. Um, he said that you could go down into that head in the hole or the hole in the head, Whoa. <laughs> that hole in the head. And, you know, within the head, there was, you know, there was a small chamber. You keep going down further down these stairs into the body of the Sphinx, you know, that had other chambers. And then below the Sphinx, there was an there were temples that were below the sphinx um and then you see like some other illustrations by the rosicrucians that show temples beneath the sphinx a little bit different than what george reisner had depicted and described but still they're there um you had the uh you know the the resonance testing done by shock and west and muhammad was like yeah they started doing that testing uh for the uh, the seismic testing and it's like the authorities showed up in two hours boom they were done um, they booted them out. Um, and mm. then, yeah, so so there's stuff there. Um, we don't know I, exactly what it is or what it looks like. You know, if there was a hall of records there, those those are going to be gone. Well, those would have been carted off. That's where the Atlantean hall of records were. Okay. Um, I know you need uh, to, okay, to do, blah, 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 to do GPR, the ground penetrating radar. Mm-hmm. Do you actually have to have a device on the ground or could you do it from like a satellite? I mean, because, you know, technology. To do ground penetrating radar, yeah, basically you're taking that that GPR device and you're rolling it across the ground. So I, I don't so know. you couldn't what, do it? I, from, mean, I mean, Star Wars. Not that I'm on. aware. Of. Not, I mean. <laughs> Space Force, man. Come on. Right, right. Get the, <laughs> yeah, get our satellites to do it. I, I know what you mean. Hmm. So, it um, seems like. If you could just like crank up the topography satellites, you know, Google, send the Google car. Yeah, Google, Google would have it. <laughs> Google car. Um, so Sarah's asking, did your tuning forks resonate with the stone? Oh yeah. So I did. Yeah, I did try the tuning forks in there. Uh, that was that was an interesting thing. So you know, go back and, and Sarah, you're a member. So uh, go, go watch that video from uh, from last week, <laughs> the Connected Universe portal. Um, you you know, know I, when I talked about the pyramids because. Um, I do talk about that in which I had to kind of sneak filming myself using the different devices <laughs> because um, they don't they don't like that and they um, we get not only Mohammed in trouble but actually the archaeologists that let us in there um, they're they're very very sensitive about who goes in there with what devices and like even the um, meditations that people were doing it was it was one of those we had to wait for the guy to like leave the room and you know go elsewhere into the pyramid before they would do that stuff um because he's like you know he's like no filming of this no filming of that and then he'd you know leave the room is like okay get the camera out real quick so you um, couldn't even take pictures i mean oh i got pictures yeah you could take okay. pictures but not of you using different oh, devices okay. or doing different meditations and things like that um because yeah, i've got they've, they've, <laughs> uh, they've had some issues with people that um God, who was it? It was, um, I think I said it was some Germans went in there and filmed, you know, pornography and throwing it up. Oh my up God. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. So they've had some crazy stuff go on in there or, you know, people, you know, doing different, you know, ceremonies that they don't want to have happening right. in there. So, yeah. And they're like, look at us doing this inside the Great Pyramid. And you know, That's disrespectful. So yeah. it is, it is. And so they've kind of like put the kibosh on a lot of that stuff. That said, yes, I did have my tuning forks in there. I had the chromatic tuner that was in there. 
Um, and it was interesting because the the, the pyramid, is, the Great Pyramid is tuned to F sharp, as is the Earth. And mm-hmm. so I had my F sharp tuning fork um, from the antechamber. Um, you know, Muhammad was doing some, um, you know, meditative humming. And I'm looking at the chromatic tuner. It's pegged out right at F sharp. I'm like, this is amazing. I have the tuning fork in this hand. The tuning fork starts vibrating. You can hear the, uh, you know, the the buzz of the, the tuning fork. And it's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> what if you cracked the pyramid from doing all that tuning stuff? Wouldn't you be in trouble? Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to mm. crack. I mean, theoretically, I suppose if every the, theoretically if if things all suddenly become the exact same frequency, then yes, things could start like splitting apart and losing their yeah. cohesiveness, but yeah, I don't think we were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would have been a, it would have been really cool if you could get like a what are they called? a singing bowl because those are so loud. Yeah, the singing bowls, yeah, you can get those to a specific key. The uh, what's be- interesting is the the box that's in there that everybody mm-hmm. calls a sar- sarcophagus is tuned to a and so muhammad's son uh adham was in there doing the same thing and it was perfectly coming out to the key of a so now how do you how do you know it's tuned to a i mean is, um, it, oh, is it vibrating uh, or something uh, tom, or? tom danley uh years ago tom danley is a sound engineer went in there and and did all of those different tests okay yeah interesting very cool yeah. oh so many questions. Where do I go next? Okay. So, <laughs> so you didn't find Moses floating down the river. Did not find Moses slo- floating down the river. No, no. Were you, you weren't lost for 40 days or 40 nights or anything. Uh, did you ride no, a camel? No, just 14. <laughs> like Jeremy I, I said, not, ride a camel. Yeah, I did not ride a camel. Um, oh. Yeah. The, there are other people that did in the day that people were doing the camel rides. It was where, uh, when we were at the Serapium, uh, coming back from the Serapium back up the hill, um, people did the camel rides and I was that afternoon, I was having a bunch of stomach cramps. I was dehydrated in my yeah. stomach. Oh. My body was kind of betraying me at that time. So it's like, yeah, I'm just going to drag myself up the hill. Oh. You know, I'm not going to go on the camel right now. So desert life. Yeah. That one day you told yeah. me it was, it was like 92 there or something. I'm like, it's 98 here in Texas. <laughs> yeah. That was like the first day that we were there and it got, you know, yeah. And I think that was probably the only day it was in the 90s was day one. And then yeah. after that, and that was in Cairo. Um, those those few days we were in Cairo, we were mostly inside pyramids. Um, mm-hmm. No, Saqqara got a little toasty. We were outside a lot for that. But um, Are the yeah, pyramids- being mostly inside pyramids, it wasn't too bad. When we went down to Aswan, which is 500 miles to the south, Ooh. that's when it got really hot and we we're experiencing like 115 degree temperatures and we nixed the whole abu symbol trip which Aww. was even further south as you like start getting close to the equator and it was supposed to be like 130 that day and it was like yeah okay we're not going there it's a dry heat so um <laughs> the, the caves we have here in texas they're they're always like 72 degrees but the humidity is like at 98 percent. are the pyramids like Ooh. that too totally I- dry totally dry yeah. are they cool on the inside i mean they are um this one of the interesting things about the great pyramid it's different now because of the the things that they've had to install because of all the tourists that were in there um you know all the all the tourists bringing in like body heat and their own mm-hmm. like perspiration of breath they, like they were causing yeah. humidity and increased temperatures um and so they've had to install different fans and all that but before all of that started happening um, the, the 
the way that the uh, Great Pyramid was ventilated and the way it was constructed and all that, it was always a constant, no matter how hot it was outside, it was always a constant 67 degrees inside. Wow. So yeah. the air shafts would help with the ventilation? Or, or were yeah, they something yeah, it was, magical? It's... Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, people talk about astronomical alignments with those. Um, the one in the in the Queen's chamber, I believe, was probably some sort of exhaust. Um, you know, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Dunn talks about Christopher, and I have the book sitting here, the Giza, the Giza power, Giza power plant. He talks about it, you know, being a machine, and you can you can tell um, within the Queen's chamber whatever was in that niche, and it's it has a you know basically a corbel uh roofing kind of like the um the grand gallery which mm -hmm. is you know that that's acoustically tuned so this niche that's in the queen's chamber also is and you know mainstream says they, they have no freaking idea what what was in there but they'll say well you know maybe it was a, a cost statue for for the king that was placed in there and it's like yeah but you didn't need all this crazy you know design work and if you look in the back wall and this again Watch the watch the video from last week uh, on on the pyramids because I, I showed the photos that you know within that niche you can see the uh, the black scorch marks from whatever fire was going on there and the vitrification on the stone that's back in there it was a massively massively hot fire that went on back back inside that niche and so um, you know so I think that there was certainly some sort of working machine that was in there um, the basically a hole that <laughs> goes off you know may have been some sort of ventilation or whatever for it um but yeah there was something that was in there mechanical that's got that got caught on fire could the scorch marks have been i've always heard like um howard carter walked in with torches and <laughs> no okay because well, his torches aren't melting the stone <laughs> they were hot torches okay and yeah. is, is it true that there were no bodies actually in the pyramids nope no bodies whatsoever um, ah. and the Queen's Chamber is definitely a misnomer because there's, you know, there was never even a, a boxing there that people would call a sarcophagus. The King's Chamber has that box there. Um, but, and they try to say that was the sarcophagus. The, the problem is there's a couple of different problems. One, there was no lid that was ever found for the thing. You can tell that there was some sort of lid or top on it because of around three sides of it. And this is kind of my discovery around three sides mm -hmm. of it. There's, um, like basically a niche that's carved into it that you could see okay something yeah. was placed there the back side of it however is perfectly flat so this lid would have slid mm -hmm. in from the back side and not top Drop down in. like every other freaking sarcophagus in egypt is constructed and that became like my my goal for like the rest of the trip was okay look at every <laughs> sarcophagus that i can find and see how the lid was constructed and every single one they all had different designs and all that stuff mm -hmm. but every single one was designed to go from the top straight down none of them came in from the side like the great pyramid so it's a totally different design and then it also had like these three holes along that back side so something was also mounted back there or it was like drilled through the top totally yep. again? drilled right in the watch the video uh. <laughs> okay um it's very cool what if there were like a, a transportation device like there might have been a king in there and then he just went up to orion or wherever they hang out at and wasn't king tut also wasn't he found in a pyramid 
Where was he found? King Tut was found in the Valley of the Kings in his tomb. It's the uh, oh. basically the only tomb that they found that was not pillaged. Everything else, all, all the other ones were, they were robbed. They were, com they were completely cleaned out. Uh, but Tut's tomb was, um, they didn't know where it was. That's why it took Howard Carter so long to find it is, you know, there were, <laughs> there were rumors that it might be out there somewhere. A lot of people <laughs> didn't believe it was really out there. Carter believed, no, this, this tomb is out there somewhere. Um, there's somebody a few years back, um, in their attempt to figure out why, you know, it was hidden, it had to do with something with like, um, or, or their idea was there was a, uh, a massive rainfall that came about one day, caused a, um, some sort of mudslide of all this stone down the, down the hill and covered the entrance of, of the tomb. I think yeah. it's, it's probably kind of speculation that that happened, but in any case, the tomb did get completely covered and nobody knew where it was. And um, so it was pretty much left unscathed uh, where all the others were, you know, totally yeah. robbed. Well, did they have the monsoons? Because the first day we moved to Arizona, I'd never even heard uh, India. Yeah, sure. But Phoenix, no. I mean, we had a microburst monsoon and our fence fell over. And those are really intense, hard rains. So. It yeah, they don't really. That's a, yeah, and and that's what they're speculating is that there was something like that that came through. the The thing is, is it's extremely, extremely rare for Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they when it rains there, it like you know rains for like all of like ten minutes. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. very significant, and that's it. But it's um, hard. But, it's a hard rain. Yeah, it's and not really there <laughs> though. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's what, but, you know, of course, anything can happen. And so that that's kind of the speculation is that, yeah, a very abnormal, hard rainfall came in one time into the desert. Yeah. So. With that, wait, okay. I'm real, I'm so bad in history. So when was King Tut entombed in, in relation to Moses parting the desert or the waters and walking around? Is that the same time period or? Um, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on then. I mean, right? Yeah, the, climatically. I mean, <laughs> there's so much debate as to when the Exodus occurred. That is because there's really no record. Of, there, there's no record of it in the Egyptian records. Um, <laughs> if if it, and you got to think about it. If something like that did happen, like with anything else that they didn't like about their history, they would wipe it from the record. Right. Um, and you see that a lot. You know, if there were if there were kings that they didn't like, they would wipe them out from the record. That's why nobody knew about Akhenaten for so long, is they had completely wiped them out from the record. And then all of a sudden, you know, they uh, one day, um, what is it? They were repairing one of the temples and found remnants of his records inside the uh, the the column casings. They were used as Ooh. filler. Ah, <laughs> so, packing material. Yeah, yeah. If you look at um, <laughs> Is it at, is it, Ab I think it's at Abydos that has the, yeah, it's Abydos. It has like the, you know, the biggest, uh, most complete king's list that they know of, but it's still incomplete because Akhenaten's not, not on there. Uh, Tutankhamun's not on there. Um, the, the guy, it was what I, the advisor that was directly after Tutankhamun. They didn't want any, anything to do with those kings. They wiped them off the record. So it's all Ramsey all day long <laughs> well it's it's funny because uh some people say that well the, the one that said that ramses was 
uh, you know, the the Pharaoh of the of the Exodus, which they never called themselves Pharaohs. Um, they called themselves oh. kings. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is Ramses? <laughs> but there's but there's um, you know there's ideas that um, you know that Akhenaten was was Moses, or um, it, it just really oh. depends on which theory that you kind of research and go down that rabbit hole. Because um, there are people out there who say, <laughs> well, the the way that they've constructed the timeline is off, and if you just shift it over here a little bit, right. then all these different things line up, and you can see that this was the Exodus, and this guy here would have been the king of the Exodus, and, and so it's just nobody knows. Well, Okay, I'm still stuck on the monsoon. Um, Moses is or Ten Commandments is one of my favorite movies. Um, when I worked at Univision, I could I could recite it in English, and they're like, "How do you know this?" I'm like, oh, it's my favorite movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know these things. But um, there was like all these uh, the seas turning the red or the Nile turned red, and the frogs were falling out of the sky. Those could all be from like uh, weather cycles and microbursts, like short Sharknado. You know, except well, some people one. believe it was, you know, um, you know, fallout from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in that it yeah. was just a chain reaction. All these different things occurred because of that volcanic eruption. Hmm. Yeah. There's just so many ways to explain it. You know, I mean, there are there really still, are. still a great movie. But OK, so tell me about the marketplace. The marketplace. All right. We got a, a couple more minutes. A couple more okay. minutes. Uh, the marketplace have, like, was fun. You know, I love in when you were, had the clothes on. Did you buy those? <laughs> oh, the bala, the, yes. um, the Balavega, uh, bala, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, I bought that on the boat. Uh, I didn't buy oh. that at the marketplace. Um, Balavega. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, we were doing that. I was a, um, they do that on the boat. They they have a night where everybody dresses up and you know they they play some music and you're supposed to you know party and have fun and all that stuff. Uh, we did that. Well, well, there were two nights that we were supposed to do it. The second night, uh, nobody was really up for it. <laughs> we were all kind of like bleh because um, it was it was toward the end of the trip. Uh, some of us were kind of suffering from uh, dehydration and all that for uh, for being out in the sun so much and just getting fried. Um, I'm still listening. But, but the first to... time it was a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, we, but th- we didn't buy that stuff at the market. The market we did like the very last day. That was the, like the very last thing that we did. And then Victoria's just gone. No, okay. I'm still here. There was a uh-huh. chicken nugget hitting my foot. I was going to show you the chicken nugget. <laughs> Nicole wants him. I'm going to send him to you. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was the very last thing that we did on the tour. And when we got back on the bus after the, the market, Muhammad was like, this is, this is the end of our tour. Um, <laughs> but it, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, we just really got to see like a small part of the Cairo market because it goes on and on and on. It's absolutely huge. But there are parts of it that, um, you know, as a, as a tourist, they kind of don't want you going down. You know, even though, oh. you know, it, it is. Well, I mean, it's still it's, you know, it's it's a relatively safe place. And people ask me, is it safe? It's like, yes, it's safe. But mm-hmm. we also had. You know, uh, Muhammad has like a small security detail that he keeps with us just in case. Because people can get themselves in trouble. Uh, yeah. Because there's, you know, people can get pretty heated haggling back and forth, back and forth. And that was kind of the fun oh. of the market, too, was doing that haggling part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was a lot of fun. You know, there are all kind of these nooks and crannies. And people were relating it to like... Uh, Diagon Alley from from Harry Potter because oh. you'd go up and downstairs. There'd be a sign that says exit, and so you go. 
you know, you're trying to find your way out and you're like, oh, there's a sign that says exit and, you, and it, you're actually walking into somebody else's shop. <laughs> like, oh, you tricked me. Okay. I, I thought of like on the road movies. Look, was, or, he's not my cat. Not your cat. Okay. But it's the kitten. Chicken nugget. He's coming <laughs> to you. Okay. He's, nice. Yeah. No, it, it just reminded me of like a, the Bob and being on the road movies. Like, you know, you're expecting, you know, Dorothy Lamar to come running out or something. <laughs> yeah, not quite that. Oh, but, well. Um, but, looked, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun because you can you go down there and you buy, like, raw incense and spices. So, um, you know, and, and all kinds of, you know, souvenirs and, and stuff. So I, I brought home, like, you know, the actual, like, frankincense resin, ooh. Um, saffron, and, and you know, all kinds of stuff for, for Nicole. Oh, that's nice. That would be yeah. the place to get it. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's like, if I'm going to get it from anywhere, I'm going to get it here um like yeah. i got our you know nice big bottle of you know the frankincense oil i got our mm-hmm. uh, uh lotus oil perfume and just oh mm-hmm. oh the beauty secrets of the nile that's right that's mm-hmm. right i've heard about those cleopatra <laughs> <sighs> yeah, fantastic stuff it looked like an amazing trip I wasn't jealous. It really was. I highly recommend it <laughs> for, for anyone. And, you know, and people wanted to know about, you know, was it safe to travel and all that? And, you know, because people look at, you know, they see the news and they see stuff like, you know, you know England has, you know, put uh, Egypt on there. You know, they've red listed Egypt. And it's like, well, they didn't Why? red list Egypt because of the COVID cases. Because, oh. you know, Egypt doesn't really have very many COVID cases. They're just not getting it down there. They have more problems with the flu than they do with COVID. Mm-hmm. And because they're not having problems with COVID, Egypt isn't really vaccinating. And that's why England put them on the red list because Egypt isn't vaccinating. If and Egypt's like, why should we vaccinate? We don't have anybody with COVID. Yeah. You know, they to get into the country, you have to pass a, uh, a COVID test, which I did. So they're not allowing, allowing anybody into the country with COVID mm-hmm. and like kind of just in case. Yeah. Um, you know, you get a test before you leave because, you know, you need to, you need to have a clean test getting back into the States. So, but, but yeah, the, the UK red listed them. <laughs> Spoil sports. So it's, it's just, it's just <laughs> politics. That's, that's it's, all just politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they're like, we want you to vaccinate in Egypt. It's like, we're not vaccinating. <laughs> well, so what's next? Where are you going next? What's next? Well. Uh, next would, would be Ireland, uh, as yeah. far as like world type tours, but, um, stateside, that's the, uh, Michigan Paracon, um, up in Sault Ste. Marie. So that's at the end of August. And, and uh, uh, Nicole, Vulture. Nicole should be with me for that. And Vulture City, more of the desert. Vulture City, that's in the fall. So, um, so after, uh, Michigan Paracon, there's Mass Paracon in the middle of, uh, September, that's the 17th to the 19th. Then there's La Cruces, uh, New Mexico. That's yeah. at, um, that's at what, first weekend of October. And the second weekend of October is, uh, that's Vulture City. And I forgot about one. Um, I got an email on it here recently uh, because it was scheduled two years out. And that's, uh, <laughs> It's DeadCon in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's, oh, that's what the weekend after Vulture City. So say, we'll see about Deadwood, that because I'm probably going to be fried. No, no. If When you go to Vulture City, if you can, go to the Painted Desert or um, Jerome because they're, they're not too far away. But those are yeah, we're looking places. at, you know, 
Yeah, we're looking at taking, you know, because we have a week in between there or really five days. So we're looking at some different things to do. So I still have the key to my house if you want to go try it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hopefully they've changed the locks in five years or <laughs> eight years. I hope or... so. It was a nice so. house. Has a pool. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to throw this up there. I did answer this down in the chat. This is from the Haglin. Where can I find Mike's Egypt Talks? You can find that Connected Universe Portal dot com uh so there's a 30-day free trial out there if you want to uh go and check everything out but um yeah we're updating that all the time with all kinds of stuff um there's also a very cool um it's a it's a 14-day travel blog that has all kinds of videos and everything in it for egypt but also if you go down to the special feature section you can find it's this fantastic 15-minute back and forth between Mohammed and Johnny while we're at Edfu Temple. And we're looking at the origin stories there that basically have part of the Atlantis story there. And so it's this whole back and forth between Mohammed and Johnny on Atlantis and what we're, we're seeing there at Edfu and the Stargates. And yeah, it, it's really, really cool. So Atlantis and Egypt are connected? I've tried to oh, find... Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. I can't find anything. I, I've been looking. I've been Googling. <laughs> there are definitely uh well the atlanta story that plato uh talked right. about came from egypt his what was his, his oh. grandfather solon uh you know got the story from egypt passed it down to plato and so basically plato's telling us the egyptian story of atlantis so um then there are a lot okay. of people that believe that and there's a lot of different ideas but uh you know there are a lot of people that believe that uh, the Egyptians who came and settled there that discovered the pyramids were the remnants of uh, uh, basically Atlanteans that survived the cataclysm that, that destroyed Atlantis. Hence the library going under the foot. Or they just happened to right, right. be there. Okay. That's really cool. Got more to read on now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, Sarah... So there's a strong religious aspect even now. Um, yes, but not ancient Egyptian religion. Um, there, it's it's a Islamic country. So there's, <laughs> uh, and you have Coptic Christians uh, there as well. Uh, those are the two primary religions. But it's it's an Islamic country. Um, so you have. Uh, calls to prayer, uh, and they will they will blast those at three a.m. You'll get woken up. <laughs> um, when we were we heard that a lot while we were on the boat. When we were in the uh, the couple of hotels, we didn't really hear those so much. But when we were on the boat, especially the um, which port of call was, but we were right there next to a mosque, and we could hear it. Um, people don't know this, but Luxor Temple uh, has a mosque right inside of it because. Oh. Here's what happened. So, you know, here's Luxor Temple. The cop, the Coptics came in there. They're like, we're going to build a, you know, a little Coptic church here within the the old temple because that's what people did. Okay, this is this is an old temple. It's a site of power. You know, it's a special place. We're going to, you know, the right. the other people are now gone. We're going to put our little thing here too, so we can harness that energy. So the Coptics built a church. Well, then the Coptics were out. The Muslims were in. The Muslims basically put their mosque right on top of the Coptic church. Well, we got there to Luxor uh, right at noon. You know, we start 
walking and we were the only people at Luxor. Oh my God. I think there might've been like three or four others that showed up at, you know, a little bit later, but we were, it was like our group, but we showed up there right at noon as they're doing the call to prayer. And it's, that's my video. The, the first part of that walkthrough in Luxor is just shot. Cause all you're hearing is, is the call to prayer. And that goes on for like 15 minutes. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So would, so would you do it again if you had the chance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And you would take your co-host, right? Yeah, come on along. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're talking about doing it again. Um, so what Muhammad is talking about, there's a, uh, he called it a techno-spiritual uh, tour that he used to do, and he's basically talking about dusting that off. He and I were, were, were talking about, um, we're, we're talking about Christopher Dunn and... Uh, a lot of his work and you know I was telling him about you know my dad being a machinist and you know how you know all the stuff that that Chris was talking about in his books you know I, I pretty much understood and I don't know as much as my dad nowhere near as much yeah. but I understand the terminology I know the tools that he's talking about I, I understand all of that stuff and so you know so we're chatting back and forth uh on the plane down to, to Aswan about this and he's like you know I've been thinking about dusting off my old um you know, tour that would cover a lot of that stuff. You know, you and I should do that together. It's like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we start talking a little bit about dates, and so we're looking at um, early November uh, of this 2022. year. Oh, no, 2022, okay. not this year. No. I was like, whoa. Okay. No, not this year. That's not whoa. enough time to get it together. So, oh, so Ireland, then back to Egypt. Hmm. Yeah. Get me busy. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sarah's asking, when when will you start talking about Shadow Dimension episode? Um, so I did film a little bit for uh, Shadow Dimension season two while there. Um, in fact, uh, Johnny grabbed a nice um, piece of interview footage of you know me questioning Muhammad about shadows and ancient Egypt and all that, which I do cover in the Shadow Dimension uh, docu-series. Uh, which, if you haven't seen that yet, um, a great way to watch it for free is on Tubi TV. So um, you can go to shadowdimension.com and click on the link, or you can just go to tubitv.com and search for Shadow Dimension, um, and, and you'll find it. So you can watch it for free out there. There's going to be commercials in it, which is why you're able to watch it for free. But um, it's, it's a great it. way to do so. Yeah, definitely <laughs> worth it if you haven't watched it on like Vimeo or Cosm or, or any of those others. So, so did you uh, have any paranormal experience? The cat's got me flustered. Did you have any paranormal experiences while inside the pyramids? Um, I can't say that I had a paranormal experience while I was in there. It's not like I saw any ghosts or spirits or anything like that, but I could feel the energy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I had an energetic experience there, um, mm -hmm. for, for sure. But I can't say that, you know, I saw, you know, like those light beings and things like that, that people said that they they've seen in there before. I, I didn't see any of those. So no shadows or anything or. Not oh. really. No. Okay. Oh, no. I thought we were on there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was um, there was a photo. I, I saw Nicole was down in there, um, and she picked up on a, a woman. Oh, it was at um, the Temple of uh, Philae, and she had seen a a woman standing in one of the photos. Of course, the woman's not in the photo, but you know. Nicole, through right. her minds, I could see her there, which is interesting because I had to kind of question, okay, because the 
the Temple of Philae is one that they moved when they built the Aswan High Dam. Ooh. So it's like, okay, so is that a woman from the temple or is that a woman from the island that they moved the temple to? Well, which is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> season two. Season two will tell you. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Get her to sketch it out if she can. So a uh, question here. This is from uh, mm -hmm. the Facebook uh, broadcast. Did Mohammed mention anything about the jinn? So good question. Um, and, and basically that is, you know, like the... Um, the Arabic interpretation of, of shadow entities gets into their lore, uh, their legends of lore of the jinn. And not so much did I talk to Muhammad about that. Muhammad, when I talked to him about it, we talked about the ancient Egyptian concepts of, of the different parts of the soul. Um, who I did talk to about that was Muhammad's son, uh, Adham, <laughs> who has a uh, who has an interest in, in the jinn and shadow entities and all that. So, um, so I talked to him a little bit about it, and uh, he put me on to some different um, uh, people over there that have have dug into the jinn. And so that's I haven't really had a chance to to look into that information yet, but he he put me on to a few people over there. Very cool. Very very cool. Okay. So is there anything you miss? Is it, I mean, are you having like withdrawals from maybe the coffee, the, the Nescafe or whatever? Oh God. Yeah. Just coming. Well, I, I missed from here real coffee. I could not take the Nescafe stuff anymore. I mean, I, I ended up like occasionally doing the cappuccino just because I needed something. Mm -hmm. Um, oof. yeah. So I've, I've already told Nicole, you know, next time I go over and you know, if, if, she comes, you know, we'll put it into one of our suitcases. I am bringing a coffee maker. I'm bringing a coffee maker and I'm, I'm bringing coffee and I'm going to make real coffee. Can you, can you bring things into the country? I mean, I know some, some countries you can't bring plants and food and stuff like that in. Um, you know, people brought all kinds of like, uh, and, and I had, Nicole got me like kind bars and cliff bars and all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff like that. And I left them on the counter over here. Oops. <clears throat> Oopsie. I, I had, well, I had, I think I had two builder bars in my backpack that I'd bought separately at uh, the supermarket and like the boxes of stuff that she bought me. I left, but a bunch of people had done that where they brought, you know, boxes of that type of food. I mean, basically going into, into the Cairo airport, you know, you have a guy that's just like, do you have anything to declare? No. And, <laughs> okay. And they just, you know, they, they run your suitcase through the scanner and that was it. That's kind of like okay. when we went on a cruise. Are you bringing any alcohol? Oh, no. Oh, yes, and, and Nicole no, says, and, and a brownie. Yes, I had, I had a yeah. brownie too. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> it's a long flight, I bet. You know, you have to yeah. stay refreshed. Awesome. That is a long flight. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going straight from JFK to Cairo, that is a long, long flight. Ten and a half hours there and 11 Ooh. and a half hours back. Um, and I did that straight flight like that. Um, because I wanted to avoid possible, you know, turmoil COVID related at right. other international airports. And um, a couple of the ladies had problems in France. Um, oh. They ended up on Air France, stopped in uh, Paris, I guess. And they had some issues with the, the COVID test results that they had brought with them and got, you know, hung up for like an hour or whatever. So... And I, I wanted to avoid that. So I went straight JFK to Cairo. Good thinking. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard that's what they're recommending is uh, like, especially when we go to Ireland, um, don't make little stops. Take one right. long plane. One long plane ride. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to, to, you know, to get through that, but it's, it's the better way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can sleep, watch a movie, read a book, write a book, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. I did all of that. Well, oh, except okay. sleep, because I don't sleep on planes. Yeah. I, I I tried, and it's just, it's like I might start to, my eyes might start to kind of droop, and then they're open again. I just, I can't get comfortable enough to sleep. So. You could have missed a UFO or UAP. Is that what they're called now? UAP? Something going by? Yeah, they're starting to call them unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs. Yeah. Okay. That's, Instead that's of hard. UFOs. That, that didn't roll off the tongue. So you could have missed something out the window. It could have been like the little guy on the wing, remember? Oh yeah, from <laughs> Twilight Zone. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I tried to, um, you know, look out the windows as much as I can. Especially, um, I couldn't really do so much on the way there because of where I was sitting. But on the way back, I had uh, a window seat, and oh, nice. it was driving me nuts. So we left off. We left at like nine thirty in the morning to fly back to New York, and. You know, I'm you know looking down. Okay, see the the Nile Delta. It's beautiful because that's all green. And then oh, there's the Mediterranean Sea. Cool. You know, I'd never seen the Mediterranean before. And you see a little boat down there. And then it was about 10:30, and uh, the flight attendants are, are are you know nagging me because they're like, you know, you need to shut the um, you need to shut the window because they're you know turning off all the lights. And you know, I guess basically they're they're allowing people to sleep. And I'm like. I, I slept last night. It's the middle of the day. I have a window seat. I want to look down at the world. That's the whole yeah. point of a window seat. So it's like, you know, I was like, oh, there's Turkey. You know, I'm, you know, I've never seen Turkey before from from the air. And like, there's the Black Sea. It's and the Black Sea is a lot bigger than I than I thought. And there, every once in a while, they'd come over and, and bug me about closing the dang window. I'm like, I'm looking out the window. Yeah. So yeah, big Hellraiser, you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we went over the top of of Denmark, um, you know, because of the altitude that we're at, I'm seeing the entire freaking tip of Denmark. You know, you know, east coast, west coast, and then the, the north coast, the whole top. It's like, well, that's pretty awesome. Once we got past Denmark, because we were going north of the UK, we weren't even gonna like you know, pass over the land. I was like, okay, there's nothing more to see here except ocean water. It's just, you're looking at blue. So yeah. I was like, fine, I will go ahead and I will close the window. <laughs> and like not happy. more than like, not more than like 10 minutes later, they turned on all the cabin lights to serve lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't win. Can't win. Nope. Oh, well. Nope. Well, it so. sounds like an amazing trip. It really was. It really was. So, all right. We're going to go ahead and, and wrap it up. So, again, we will bring uh, Damien Knott on uh, another time. Um, you know, he had some technical issues and we couldn't we couldn't get him on. He couldn't hear us. We could hear so, him. We I could hear him like- just fine. He couldn't hear us, which makes the an interview kind of difficult. <laughs> I um, have my notes. I was holding up notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we tried for like a good what 20 minutes and you know yeah. we had to get the show started. So we'll, we'll figure out another uh, time to bring him back. And, uh, yeah. He sounds interesting. So, like a very nice guy. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Yeah. Very nice guy. Uh, he does a lot of, uh, you know, he's a ufologist and documentarian down there in Australia. So, you know, 
be very interesting to get perspective from somebody from you know complete opposite side of the world on phenomenon that they see there. So he has a really good YouTube um, channel. He's got yeah, he's got a lot of stuff out there. there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I've enjoyed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get to some shout outs here real quick. <laughs> 